Hello, this is the Team Podcast Project for Leadership in the Workplace uh, with our professor, Tracy Chang. Uh, this project will be done by four amazing people, which are David, Andre, Hafsa, and me, Bryce. Please enjoy and have a good time. Thank you. We're glad. <clears throat> All right, good morning, everyone. Welcome to the oh, Take the Lead talk show. I hope everyone is doing well and starting their day off to a good start. I mean, if you're listening to a podcast and you're definitely starting on the right foot, today we have here our special guest, uh, Abe, my boy Abe in the cut. Thank you for coming out. Um, and, you know, give him a round of applause. You know, he's, uh, he's ready to go, you know what I'm saying? But uh, he will be joining us in our conversation about not just simply leadership, but authentic leadership. Uh, what is authentic leadership? Well, uh, stay tuned and you'll find out. Leadership is the foundation of how we as a human race thrive. As a collective, we need leaders to help groups make sound decisions, but even further to help with progression and success for the group and each individual. So with that being said, Abe, would you like to introduce yourself and uh, what you do? Yeah, uh, so my name is Abdel, formerly known as Abe. Um, I work as a manager at Later Rock Swiss Chocolate Store located in American Dream Mall. Um, and I've been there for about like a year and a half, just about. Okay, okay, that's what's up. That's what's up, man. So you have you have a lot of you know, experience when it comes to, you know, leadership. Uh, I would say so, yeah. I'm very confident in my yeah. leadership abilities. That's what's up, that's what's up. All right, man, so I guess we'll get right into it. I'm going to ask you my first question. Um, so... In your experience, within being in a leadership position throughout, you know, your, your, your career so far or your job within, you know, as a manager, uh, what what perspective, like, what, how do you see your leadership style? You know, and I'll give you, you know, three different options, which is, you know, interpersonal, uh, intrapersonal and developmental. Uh, and just going into that, you know, interpersonal is basically, you know, when you're looking at the people that you are leading, are you showing them? Their, their leadership style through your experiences, through your life experiences as a leader? Um, or is it more so um, interpersonal, where it's basically uh, your, your, how you interact with, with your employees or with you know, the people that you're working with? Um, and then finally, de- de- developmental, which is you know, basically nurturing them to be leaders themselves, giving them, you know, it's not, leadership isn't a fixed trait. You know, it's something that you, you, you think that can be nurtured over time. Um, I would say definitely the last one. Um, and I would say the reason why is because at the store, I started off as just a regular associate. Um, and okay. there was like a shift lead there that kind of told me it was after like my my closest male friend kind of just got promoted. And he kind of talked to me and he was like out of the blue was like, I don't think you're going to get promoted anytime soon. Like, you're too much of a clown, this, this, and that. And so, like, when I heard that, it was a little bit of, like, a downer because, you know, a supervisor really shouldn't talk to someone like that. Um, And it kind of put in perspective that, you know, he kind of didn't see me for who who I was, in a sense, where I knew I was a leader. Um, I just carried myself in a different way because I felt like being a clown was better for morale. Um... So I guess when that happened and I finally got into a position where I had an influence as much as he did, I didn't want it to be as negative. Um, so I would say like even at work, um, there's kind of this position for this uh, worker where 
he's been there just as long as I have. And when the store opened and he kind of like put everyone onto the job, he was like the last one to be promoted. But he still has like, you know, seniority. And I always talk to him and I'm like, yo, like, I'm sorry you don't have a certain title to you. But that doesn't mean you don't have this much experience. You don't have this much capabilities. Like, you know, a title truly doesn't define you. You want to play to the position you want. Um, so every really? day I remind him. Not every day, but like maybe every other week, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, every day, as much every day getting the same talk. Every other yeah. week or something like that, when I have a serious meeting, I remind him, um, you know, your, your position truly doesn't define you. You're like, I want you to step up. This is what I see you lacking in my perspective this is what i want to see you do differently um and i don't just do it with him i do it with every associate because i i want my team to be set up where an associate here can be a shift lead somewhere else a shift lead here can be an assistant manager somewhere else um i'm all about having i'm all about having my team see their true potential and i think that's how everyone should kind of be okay okay that's what's up man i definitely agree the um you know i'm gonna pass it on to david you know, you want to ask your, your next question. Go yeah, ahead. yeah. All right, yeah, I'll take it from here. So my next question is that in Bill George's research on the approach of authentic leadership, he notes that the characteristics that these leaders possess is purpose, strong values of the right things to do, trusting relationships with others, and self-discipline on values, and uh, empathetic to the plight of others. And out of these five things... Uh, which one of these characteristics stick out to you the most? Uh, well, I'm very strong in empathy. Um, can you can you just repeat them again? I'm sorry, just the characteristics. Yeah, yeah, of course. So the first one is purpose. Uh, we got strong values of the right things to do, trusting relationships with others, self discipline on values, and empathetic to the plight of others. Well. I, obviously, I want to say it's a little bit of all, but if I were to go to the main one, it would definitely be uh, trustworthy. I think that, like, I'm truly nothing without, like, my whole team. That's why I really refer to them as a team every single time. Okay. Um, because at the end of the day, like, when, as a manager, you know, you have, like, your administration tasks that you must handle, but you also have to work as an associate and stuff like that, at least in my store. Um, so the times where I can't be on the floor and I can't check everyone, make sure they're doing the right thing. I trust my shift leads to make sure my associates are fine. And I also make sure my associates know what's like, what they have to do, what the standard is in mm -hmm. order for mm -hmm. the store to be successful, for all of us to be successful and keep our jobs and stuff. Um, I trust my team. Um, I trust that when I'm out, like everything gets done or at least it gets communicated to me. I can't, I wouldn't imagine a leader in any form being successful without trusting those around them um because at the end of the day you're really as a leader you're really as strong as what your influence has um because that's what really resonates with people that's the legacy you carry as a leader ultimately i'm very big on trust as much as i'm an empathetic person like trust is just too strong of a of a characteristic and i think like you need trust like not yeah, even just in the yeah, world I got you. No, good stuff, good stuff. I'm going to pass it on to, who is it, 3, Andre? That's me. That's Andre. Let me just make sure. My volume good? Yeah, no, you're yeah. good. We got you. Yeah, perfect. Go right ahead. So, Walumbwa, I'm sorry if I mispronounced that, and associates studied the components that make up authentic leadership. 
These include, and I'm going to give you a list and I'm going to explain what they mean. These include self-awareness, internalized moral perspective, balanced processing, and rational transparency. So basically, what's asking is, internalized moral perspective is, you know, how you perceive yourself and how you don't let things around you affect yourself. Balanced processing is sort of the same, but it's about seeing the world objectively and not, you know, being too biased with your decisions. Rational transparency is when you are relating your true self to other people. So out of these three characteristics, which one do you think best fits the way that you lead? Uh, I would say probably like rational transparency. Um, because can you like, just in case like I don't, I'm scared to kind of like fade away from the definition, can you just repeat it one more time? Right, rational transparency, it's about being honest about your true self to yourself and others. Good. So I, for sure, rational transparency, um, only because like I had a boss that like just lied a lot. Like he was just very like compulsive with it. Um, and I didn't appreciate that, especially when you're dealing with people's income. Um, so I, I am transparent about everything. I let my team know what I'm capable of, what I'm not capable of. I let them know who I feel is the strongest in one position, who's not in the other position. Um, mainly because like you need to just be honest. Like that's the way any store is going to run. Like perfectly. Like you, for everyone to be aware of like what's going on, and this starts with the leader. Like. If they know what I can and can't do, like they, then my shift leads kind of like, in a sense, pick up my slack, um, and that's how I, I kind of just run things. Like, and I think it makes me more um, approachable and more like relatable, showing that like I I'm being honest with like my flaws and what I believe I'm great in, um, because then other people kind of kind of share that like they'll express what they're falling in because I am, and it gives that sense of like trust. Right, right. Absolutely. So, I'm going to go ahead and pass it on off to Hafsa for our last question. All right. Our last question is, the four influences of authentic leadership include optimism, resilience, confidence, and hope. In your experience being put in many leadership roles, what do you believe has influenced your authentic leadership, if not it being of these four? Uh, can you just repeat it like the, the four one more time? I'm sorry. Yeah. Optimism, resilience, confidence, and hope. Uh, I would probably say resilience um, because, you know, I think that's just just very strong. Um, but you're going to like you're going to see like adversity and everything. You're going to see obst obstacles and everything. Even like your higher ups are going to point out a lot of flaws because that's their job. Um, and what you want to do is kind of not let it defeat you, because especially if you're a leader, if you're defeated, your team is defeated because, you know, they look up to you. Ultimately, resilience is just a, is a strong characteristic, um, and it, it just builds so much character. I think, like, you know, you you really don't know what leadership is in your specific position, and so you felt like you've been defeated, and so you failed in it, and you've bounced back up, in my opinion. So I would definitely say resiliency. Hey, hey sounds good. Thank you, Abe much appreciated thank you for your time man the uh you know a lot of good information a lot of good information hello 
now we are far from done. Next up is our next interviewee, Devon Pender. Please stay tuned as there is still a lot more information to be told and a lot more conversations to be had. Today we have here our special guest, my man Devon Pender. Uh, please give him a round of applause. He's joining us in our conversation about not just simply leadership, but authentic leadership. Yeah, of course. My name, as Bryce said, my name is Devon Pender. I am a building operations manager at the Cook Douglas Student Center at Rutgers University. And another managing capacity that I hold, I serve on the Board of Education in my hometown of South Plainfield, New Jersey. Just to give a little bit of background on that, I work with a group of eight other individuals, uh, a general board of education member, uh, a, bo- a general board of education membership that works with a superintendent and we oversee our students and our teachers within our district. Okay, thank you, thank you, that's interesting. The um, So, I guess we'll get right into it. Uh, I'm going to ask my first question. So, in your experience with being in a leadership position throughout your career, from what perspective would you see your leadership style? You know, and I'll give you some options as it comes to, you know, interpersonal, interpersonal, and developmental, which I'll get into that. You know, interpersonal is basically, you know, based upon your leadership skills and what you've known um, and, and how you go about, like, your skills within that. You know, do you use your leadership skills in that way and trying to make others leaders by your own experience? You know, when it comes to interpersonal, you know, are you building that relationship with your with your followers? Are you, you know, trying to not only just be like a one way street, but you're trying to hear from them and kind of what they have in mind as well? You know, and also from, you know, if you're looking at it from a developmental perspective, which is, you know, you know, leadership isn't necessarily a a fixed trait, but it's something that could be nurtured, you know, among um, uh, you know, all different types of people. Everybody can be a leader. It's just something that needs to be, you know, built up upon. So if you could, you know, talk this up. As a leader, I certainly look at those interpersonal traits of individuals whenever I'm making decisions or trying to communicate something with one another. I always look at it from as if I'm in their perspective. I say, here, what, what do we need to do to get this done? I don't put all the weight on someone else's shoulders, but I walk them through it. I give them a play-by-play of what needs to be done. I reiterate, I ask if I ask for feedback. I make sure that I use everything in my capabilities, my abilities to ensure that the person I'm leading has a well-rounded understanding of what needs to be done. And throughout what I do, I'll say, hey, I'm not always going to be here. So what can I teach you so that when the time is right, you can step up and take the charge? I don't want to have to look behind your back and make sure you're doing everything right. But instead, I want to be proud of you and know that, oh, I don't have to ask you to lock the doors or turn the lights off because that's something that's ingrained in your mind. So if I can emphasize that and uh really really show that and work with the person and have them fully understand what i'm asking for it'll it'll go the distance essentially it won't be just like 
a process where it's, oh, this is what needs to get done, or, oh, Devon's going to come and check on me anyway, so who cares if I do it regardless? No, I want it to be, okay, let's make it perfect because this is what Devon has to do. I'm going to put myself in Devon's shoes. So if I can get the, the I don't want to call them a follower, but the person that I'm leading to recognize what it's like being in my shoes as well as I'm already recognizing what it's like to be in their shoes if we can see eye to eye on the level playing field then it's not really I'm I'm dictating over you or I'm not being a strict manager over you I, I look at it like a relationship and it has to be both ways it can't just be be it can't just be me talking down on an individual Gotcha, gotcha. So you're trying to make sure you guys are both on like the same page and it's like a mutual thing going on. Absolutely. All right. Thank you. Thank you. The um, I guess I'll move on, David. You know if you want to ask your next question. Yeah, yeah. So I'll go ahead. And um, my question is that in Bill George's research on the approach of authentic leadership, he notes that the characteristics that these leaders possess is purpose, strong values of the right things to do, trusting relationships with others. Uh, self-discipline on values and being empathetic to the plight of others and out of these five factors uh, which one of them uh, sticks out to you the most and how do they come together to create the authentic leader what was the second and third one that you said again so it was let's see so it goes I'll I'll just read them again so we got purpose we got purpose strong values of the right things to do trusting relationships with others self-discipline on values and empathetic to the plight of others i think the second and third one go hand in hand strong values and the trust of others um because i'll throw it to my my position on the board of education whoever i meet they say i really i voted for you because of the way that you spoke to me or i voted for you because of the way that uh you appear to me the perspective that you gave off and i believe that the way that you believe or the way they'll say something like i believe the way that you held yourself or the way that you carried yourself speaks volumes and i know you'll make that impact and the issues that you had resonate with me so if you have um that strong that strong purpose where others are where it resonates with other people and they say this is great this is something that i can get behind and then you have that trust from them then it wouldn't be you over it wouldn't be one individual saying oh i'm gonna do this one way it'll be okay what is the community one as a whole and how can i be that spokesperson for the community and i look at that every day if you don't have a strong purpose no one's gonna want you but if you do have a strong purpose, you also need the trust of people. And if you don't have the trust of people but a strong purpose, you'll end up failing and, and look at it from a presidential perspective. If you have a president who has a strong purpose, okay, he might get voted in. He or she or they might get voted in the first time. Okay, they people are starting to lack trust in them and they're going to become untrustworthy that's when they don't get voted in for their second terms so if you look at it those things go hand in hand and that really makes the individual because if that leader doesn't have a strong purpose 
then why why are they even a leader? What makes them qualified to be a leader? And then they need that trust to continue moving forward. Without trust, you don't have a foundation. That's true. Good points. Good points. Like being the the voice for a group of people. Good points. Good points. I'm here to hand it on to Andre now with a third question. All right. All right. So. My question to you is, Walumba and Associates studied the components that make up authentic leadership. I'm going to give you a list and I want you to tell me which one of these things best applies to the way you lead. Internalized moral perspective, which is basically when you have a strong set of morals and you don't allow yourself to be influenced by things outside of you. Balanced processing, sort of the same thing, but the difference is being able to see everything on a level playing field objectively. And the third one is rational transparency, which is honesty in oneself and in the way they portray themselves to others. Okay. Do you mind repeating internalize the first one? Right, internalize moral perspective. It's basically having a strong set of morals and how that helps you guide yourself in leadership and prevents you from being influenced from outside influences. I certainly see myself as the first one because it applies to both positions that I'm in. And as a manager, you're not the only manager and a lot of people might not recognize that. Um, There might be 10 other people that are on the same level as you or even more, even maybe even less. But at the end of the day, what is it that really sets you apart as an individual? What is it that makes you feel that you're different from everyone else? And and what is it that motivates you as a leader? Um, So if you have uh, some, some kind of inside deep motivator that has you ethically thinking or realizing, hey, what is good, what is wrong? Um... That's what makes the difference. Even when I was, when I'm on the board of education, someone says, think for yourself. And I'm like, I'm way ahead of that. There's eight other people that have been sitting on that board a lot longer than me with all of their leadership skills. I might not look like them. I might not be the same age as them. I might not have the same experiences as them. However, I'm still a free thinker. I don't need to rely on how John voted in the past or how Sarah, Sarah, believes that this is the right thing because it's it's her gut feeling i don't care if it's her gut feeling if it's not what i believe i'll vote against it it's being able to stand up and not rubber stamp everything it's being able to stand up and say hey you might have been doing this in the past but just because you've been doing it in the past doesn't mean it's necessarily right so you have to be able to have that courage as a manager in fact you're tasked with being a manager to stand up in these situations. You're the you're the individual in charge to say, hey, this is great, or hey, this is awful. So being able to say, hey, I under, I'm looking at this from all kinds of angles, and it just doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't seem right with me. That is going to speak volume. That's what's going to carry you as an individual, being able to stand up and express, hey, let's do something else because that isn't working right. So that's really... Um, what I focus on in the back of my head with every decision that I make because I'm one person and maybe I'm not I'll use 
President Barack Obama as an example. Maybe I'm not President Barack, and maybe people loved him, maybe people hated him, and maybe he, he came up with a brilliant style of management. Great, he was a president. I'm not the president, and I live different experiences than Barack Obama. So I'm not going to manage like Barack Obama. I am going to manage like Givon, and if I have my Christian morals at the end of the day saying, God chose me for a purpose, God told me to do this, that's what I'm going to stick to because that's what I strongly and firmly believe in. Right, right. So you're saying that being a leader, it's, uh, it's about having a strong moral purpose and giving yourself reason outside of it. I, I see what you're saying, right? Yeah, I like absolutely. that. So, Thank you. I mean, I'll go ahead and hand it off to Hafsa for our last question. And then finally, the four influences of authentic leadership include optimism, resilience, confidence, and hope. In your experience being put in many leadership roles, what do you believe has influenced your authentic leadership, if not it being of these four? I definitely would say, ooh, you are good. Optimism, resilience, confidence, and hope. Hey man, if they all apply, they all apply. They definitely do all apply, <laughs> and I'll I'll go word for word if it's okay. Why I think all of them apply? I think optimism is being able to say, "Hey, let's do this. Like we can do this." Um, and I think that definitely goes hand in hand with hope. But optimism is being able to say, "Okay, I might have perfect example running for board of education. I might not have won this year." But if I ran again next year, I believe, I strongly believe that we could accomplish something uh, beautiful. So if I have that optimism, um, not only may I be a leader in the Board of Education, but if I have a central team of people that work with me on my campaigns or whatever I'm doing as I run for uh, the next elected position, it's not just Devon's going to do this. It's, it's the team's going to do this. So if I can be a leader in show optimism even okay as in building operations manager if i can say all right guys we're leaving at 1 a.m um i say 1 a.m because like that's good when we're closing and it's like sometimes okay if we're on the schedule and it says 2 a.m and i go hey we're gonna set all these tables up and we'll be done by 1 a.m that's optimistic that's me being able to say to everyone else hey we can accomplish this if we put our minds together to it so you don't want to be pessimistic saying like okay we're on the schedule till 2 a.m all right we have 2 a.m to do let's let's just get it over with we want to shoot before 2 a.m we want to get it done quick um so that's definitely being optimistic resilient perfect example again if you don't win the first time if you don't succeed the first time don't give up you don't know i've seen so many people say oh my goodness i can't do this or they face uh, heartache and suffering the first time around and they go well there's nothing else I can do especially managers especially people applying to be managers if they're looking for someone that specifically has a b and c and you have a b and d don't give up because you have the same amount of things and you can work on c to make yourself more marketable to a person am I making sense here with that oh yeah definitely definitely Make a lot of okay, I just wanted to. Yeah, I know yeah, I was yeah. just rambling. No, 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 no. we get the same page. 
Okay, perfect. But it definitely takes resilience to be a leader. Um, I look at it, I look at, at a lot of things with a trial by error kind of perspective. You take it step by step, and if you get a misstep, missteps happen all the time, but you're tasked with being a leader. So if you make one mistake, you're not going to be like, all right, drop me down to a regular person or, um, I'm not good at this anymore. No, don't look at it like that. It's one mistake and everyone has mistakes. And a lot of people don't realize that managers, um, are no different from, from the people that they're managing because at the end of the day, you're going to, um, you're going to face the same issues as other people and you're just going to have to get through it. It's, it's a challenge, but everyone's going to have to face that. Um, confidence goes also with that. Um, if you lack confidence in whatever you're doing, whatever you're trying to manage, um, a lot of people will realize like, Hey, this guy isn't the person that should be in charge. Um, you have to be a, a leader in your ways to say, hey, we all can do it. Um, and this is the concrete plan on why we can do it. If you don't have the confidence, you will inevitably fail. And lastly, hope. I know I said I tied into it and hope was, I'll go back to President Barack Obama on that. That was his whole campaign's uh, slogan, hope. Because you might not have seen something that looks similar to me being your leader, but I promise you that I will do my best to serve you in every way that I can. And that's what speaks volume to people. If you can instill hope in the people that you're managing, they will trust you 150% every single time. So having all four of these key concepts will make the the perfect manager, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, nah, that, that's very interesting. The, um, I caught something, you know, resilience, you know, when something go wrong, you know, being able to still kind of bounce back, you know, even though it may fail, you know, it happens, you know, being able to push forward and keep going. That's something that, you know, I like, I like that you said that it's very interesting. The, um, all right. So Devon, I'm gonna hit you with one more question, man. I know we said last, but you know, we gotta, we gotta tie this all together. Authentic leadership. You know, authentic leadership is something that is different. You know, it's it's how you uh, really, really separate your kind of leadership compared, you know, to others. So what I'm going to ask you, man, is what makes you an authentic leader? I think every question that you and your group asked prior to you asking what makes me an authentic leader uh-huh. essentially comes down to why I'm an authentic leader. You're not going to get that. Barack Obama leadership from me. You're not going to get a leader that you've ever seen before from me. You're going to see someone that lived different experiences, that has seen the world in his own, in, in my own eyes. Um, and, and my eyes are different from my mom's eyes, my dad's eyes, my siblings' eyes, someone in California's eyes. No one's going to have the same eyes as you. So to have that kind of understanding and reasoning behind everything that do, you do, the techniques that you bring to the table, it's it, it, it makes all of the difference. You're not going to get this whole uh, uh, 
clear-cut back in the day 1950s style leader um you're getting someone that has lived their own life that lived in the 21st century that's seen so many different experiences and continues to see different experiences today so when i lead i don't look at it like i want to punish the people that i'm leading i look at it like we are a family we are a community we are essentially our brother's keeper and i live by that quote every day and i might not know you outside of work but i understand that there's outside experiences that we all go through and that we might need something we always need a helping hand we always need someone that can um that can be there and lend support so my whole thing is when i lead when i manage i look at it from a human perspective and that's the reason i enjoy hr as a major you you don't know what a person's going through you don't know how one word can change their whole day and that's why i enjoy those words like hope and resilience and optimism because these are the words that you need to hold dear to you when you spark a conversation with another individual um if you don't have that perspective and you say something like man i hate this place then everyone that you're managing is going to say, I hate this place because Devon hates this place. Or yeah. we as a collective hate this place because, again, we are a family. We are a community. And a lot of managers don't necessarily recognize that as a community. A community isn't just who you live near. It's who you grow together with, who you work together with, whatever it is. Um, it makes the entire world go around. It makes your uh, company, your job, whatever it is, go around as you're with you being the manager. You're not just some superficial individual at the time. You're the person that everyone wants to come to and essentially delegate the perfect tasks for people where you're not over their shoulder 24 7, but you're really there to support them and uplift them. So if I'm the manager, I'm going to support you in anything that you do. And that's even if you want to leave the organization, I'm not going to hold you, hold you hostage saying like, Oh, you have to be here with me. Cause I'm here. No, if you realize that you want to grow somewhere else, I'm supporting you 150% on it. And I believe that any manager should in cases like that. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Yo, man, that was very interesting. I like how you said about the different, you know, you know, different generations, different kind of leadership, you know, like different time periods, you know, that style could definitely be different. Yeah, but, um, no, absolutely. Yeah, man. The, uh, yeah, so I guess, you know, thank you. Thank you for coming out. Thank you for your time. Really appreciate it. Didn't have to come, but, you know, we, uh, this was great talks. Um, you know, with that being said, you know, everybody, thank you for coming listening to our podcast. I uh, hope you guys had a great time and uh, uh, see you guys, see you guys later. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man, no doubt.